Hello, welcome back to the Lean Back Pod. Happy Black History Month. Today, I am welcoming Julian Sass. He's a PhD candidate in biomathematics and statistics at Duke University. He creates content focused on skincare, ingredient science, and sunscreens. And his content has actually been featured in Vogue Business, which is super cool. But before we get into my conversation with Julian, I want to update you guys on some things that you should know. So for the entire month of February, as you should know, we're releasing weekly episodes of the podcast to celebrate Black creators and chain makers on Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But spoiler alert, I am also intersectional. I'm a Black woman and March is Women's History Month. So we will also be releasing weekly episodes in March as well, Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So look out for that. I also want to encourage you guys to follow the Being Black Pod on Instagram to keep up to date with episodes and to learn more about our guests. And lastly, to actually take time to subscribe on whichever podcast streaming platform you are on now and leave us a rating. It would make me smile so big if you left us a rating. It helps us get discovered by other people. But back to Julian, I'm super excited to be talking with you because both Julian and I are actually a part of Paul's Choice on the Rise program. Um, and for people that don't know what Paul's Choice is, it's a skincare brand um, that really focuses on the science behind skincare, which is what actually drew my attention to them. Um, and I think two years ago, right, Julian, two years, this is the second year. Yeah, 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 this is the second year. Yeah, so two years ago, they actually started a program to highlight Black creators. So they actually picked 10 Black skincare content creators under 10K, which is super cool um, to work with them. They offer master classes. It is a paid, you know, um, program that they have. And it's really, really cool. And again, Julian is a part of that. But actually, you're not even going to be able to do it again, since I've been seeing your follower account keep up. You know, I've been peeping, but um, before we get into all that, I want to set the foundation for myself and our listeners. So Julian, I'm going to ask you four questions um, to set the tone for our conversation. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So what does being Black mean to you? I think that for me, being Black at its core is resilience. I think that really kind of having to overcome everything that people have overcome and be able to get to where we are right now is just a testament to resilience. And I think that there's so much that like, so much trauma that gets passed down to us and like our parents, our grandparents and our ancestors and things like that. And I think that kind of being able to internalize all that while also being able to like survive and thrive in this world, I think is incredible. So resilience for me is like above all else, a hundred percent. Very cool. And actually in for listeners that have been with me since the first episode, that was also my answer. I think being black is just simply resilience. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's super cool. So when did you actually first find out that you were black or like othered in some way? Yeah. So it, hmm. there were like (laughs) little small things that it's like, okay, I'm not like the the other kids or anything like that. So um, like little small things, but I think that the two large changes for me were um, when I left private, when I left public school to go to private school, going from fourth grade into fifth grade. Okay. And then I was like, oh, wait, nobody looks like me in this private school. What on earth is this? So there were like a couple of black kids in the class. I was like, okay, I'm different, but I don't think I understood what that difference really meant right. um, overall. And then I think that the things that really kind of hammered it in for me 
was actually when I ended up leaving that private school in eighth grade, because essentially I was accused of stealing somebody's cell phone in, yeah, Um, accused accused of stealing um, someone's cell phone because what happened is, so it was after gym class, I, I found someone's phone and because it's a private school, it's small. And this is back when like razors and blackberries like first came out. So it's like, okay, most people did not have phones. And, and if they did, you knew whose it was. Right. So it's like, oh, okay, this belongs to so-and-so. Okay. So I'm going around trying to find him, but he ha- had already left. And so I'm thinking, okay, I know where this person is going to be tomorrow because I have a class with him. So I'll see him tomorrow and I'll give it to him then. And the principal sees me. It's like, oh, whose phone is that? I tell them whose it is. And then it's like, oh, okay. So they bring me into the office and essentially they're like, oh, so you were trying to steal the cell phone. And I'm like, I told you whose it was. What do you mean? It was, it was ridiculous. And basically what happened was my, my parents came down and they said, okay, you need to talk to the headmaster and all of this stuff. And my mother was like, no, we're not going to talk to the headmaster. We're not going to have this conversation. I'm going to pull him out because the last thing that this little black kid needs is to have like, oh, but he was like kicked out of this private school, something he didn't even do. And so that was the moment where it's like, okay, something's a little bit different. (laughs) Here for sure. And I think that that was the moment where I started to like really kind of take notes of little things. And then like, oh, you know, I'm dating, like I was dating someone who was white um, at the like end of middle school. And my parents were like, oh, okay. When you go to the movies with her, make sure that you're really, really, really polite when you're in public, like make sure that you open doors, do everything. And I was like, what's the big deal? And then you had to have like the talk, you know, like that talk where it's like, oh, okay. This is why you can't do this and can't do that. And it was just like, oh God, everything's so different. So those were like the moments, but then there's also little things like um, every Black History Month night, my parents would make us write an essay about like some figure in Black history. So we had this whole I love that. in our house. And so it's like, okay, th- like you're going to write about Madam C.J. Walker or Ida Bay Wells or whatever. You're going to write about something to like learn about your history and things like that. But I don't think I understood what it meant like now in like a social setting as to right. like things to be really aware of until much later. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really jarring, I think, for me, especially going from a relatively like diverse public school to a very not diverse private school and then going right. back into the public school environment. So it's like, okay, lots of different things happening overall. Right. Yeah. I mean, but you literally said like, oh, it's so-and-so's. Like if yep. you were stealing it, like, oh, yeah. I don't know whose it is or oh, it's exactly. mine. Exactly. I, I wouldn't have fessed up like if I was trying to steal it, but you know, whatever, it's fine. That makes me mad. Anyhow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how was it actually growing up in your area? So you said it, at the public schools, it was more racially diverse. So yes. how was it in general growing up in your area? And then when you went off to undergrad, did that change at all? Yeah. So for me, I'm not a super diverse, not a super diverse neighborhood okay. overall. So like my family is like, upper middle class um, okay. overall. So not a super diverse area where we were really so lots of white people. And then I moved to an even more affluent neighborhood. So even fewer like black people. And when mm-hmm. we did see black people, it was like, oh my gosh, th- th- thank God. <laughs> it was so nice. Um, so, but still had a lot of different like exposure to different cultures 
um, overall throughout like high school. And then college for me was a huge change. So I went to a very diverse college in Maryland. I went to the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, and I was in a program um, like really focused on like minorities in STEM. And a lot of people in that program, because it's a very like immigrant heavy um, area in Baltimore, DC, that whole area. So like, this is my first time being around like a lot of people whose parents were from Africa, from India, from like, this is my first time being around like Nigerian people, from Ghanaian people, like all these different cultures that I had not really been exposed to. Right. So it was like better overall because it's like okay now I'm getting exposed to all these things that I had never even like experienced at all which is really really nice um and I think this gave me a lot of like cultural awareness because even the the school overall is only like maybe 50 60 percent white and Hmm. it's a pretty like decent blend um overall like the school is very diverse so even like outside of the scholarship program that I was in like my major was very, uh, was very di- diverse. Like all my classes were very diverse. So like, I was never like the only black person in a oh, class, there awesome. a ton, but I was never like, but there was never a class where it was all white people in me, which right. was so nice. So I think it just kind of improved o- over time. And like, now I'm in grad school, I'm in North Carolina and the school is all white. So yeah. we're, <laughs> we came back to square one. <laughs> just yeah a circle just came back um okay well that's cool to hear I I think it's cool I feel like in STEM programs in general you always hear of like the one black person in a predominantly white program so it's really nice to hear that that wasn't entirely the experience that you weren't Mm -hmm. the only person in your class um but lastly do you have any advice for your younger self oh goodness um I think to just like follow what your passions are, no matter what they are, and to not let any kind of self-doubt get in the way of your goals. And also your parents aren't always right about everything. They're they're right a lot of the time, but sometimes, (laughs) you know, you you just got to go with your gut. Right. (laughs) Overall, um, because I I think that definitely my um, my parents both grew up like poor in the South. And I think that they're trying to like, okay, set me up for success and, you know, trying to give me something better than what they had, which I completely Mm -hmm. understand. And, you know, some of their advice I took and some, but I'm just kind of like, I'll just do my own thing. Right. And, And I'll figure it out. And sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But yeah, definitely just kind of staying fast with like the things that bring me joy and what my passions are and not letting anything that anyone else tells me try and like get in my way because I know that I am capable of all of those things. I like that. That's something I had to learn my senior year of college because I, I I forget what happened, but it was like this very weird, like, no, like there are certain things in your life that you just like remember. Like I remember where I was, mm-hmm. I was in the library first floor and I was like, a lot of things when people are like, oh, like you shouldn't do that. Or you can't do that. It's very much projections of like their own feelings. 100%. Like people are very much projecting themselves on you. Like when they're telling mm-hmm. you not to do things. Um, so I like the fact that everyone should actively try to, of course, you know, hear people's opinions about stuff, but it should always be what you want to do at the end of the day. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, it's your choice to make and it's 
like your life on the line. Exactly. You have to sit with it either way. Exactly. So if you go with someone else's advice, but that doesn't work out, you still have to sit with it. Precisely. Um, but I want to hear more about your actual educational background. So you talked a little bit about it before, but what made you actually go into STEM in the first place? Because I was not good at anything else. And I wish I had a better answer. <laughs> So I feel like it's the complete opposite for most people. Like they're like bad at science. They're bad at math. Like, so you've just always been good at both. Yeah. So like uh, science, not as much, but math definitely like always came easy to me. Like those were my like easy breezy classes. It was a class where I always did well. My teachers hated me because I would be so lazy in the class, but I would always do well. Do well. So like, especially in like algebra classes, like I would make programs and, and the calculator to like do all the work for me. So I didn't have to like learn. <laughs> so I didn't have to like write out my oh work. My. I would just put on the calculator, hit this button and made the program and did it for me. So <laughs> things Oh like my that. gosh. It was, it was bad. Um, but yeah, it was, it was bad. But yeah, uh, math was always like my like bread and butter and a lot of people wanted me to go into engineering. Like that's right. what a lot of people were like, oh, you're good at math. You're okay. And it's like, you, you, you should do engineering. And the, the high school that I was in was, I was in like a magnet program for this high school. And it was, there were like three tracks. So one was like programming, one was engineering and one was like entrepreneurship. And I was on the like IT um, programming track. So they were like, okay, you can do computer engineering, computer science. So I'm like, I don't know about that. And then I learned from my calculus teacher that like I could do a math degree. And I was like, what? You <laughs> majored in that? Are you crazy? So yeah, majored in math. Um, did not know what I was getting into, but I right. definitely have no regrets. I, I loved it. And then while I was in college, I did lots of like research internships in lots of different fields. Like I did one in computational chemistry, one in robotics, and one in um, like cardiac dynamics of the heart. Um, so lots of different things. Oh my <laughs> so, gosh. Okay. Uh, and then I did my senior thesis on like basically mathematical neuroscience. And that plus my internship doing um, the dynamics of the heart is what kind of inspired me. It's like, okay, I like this biology math kind of crossover. And uh, my school had a biomathematics PhD program. And so now here I am. So yeah, yeah, and that was was kind of it. And like with the program I was in for undergrad, like they're really pushing like PhDs, MD PhDs, so all of us were like expected to apply to grad schools and do things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I'm here. I'm almost done, God willing. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that's that's that. So you so you're a traditional grad student. You went from undergrad to grad school. Yep. Yep. Went well, went went straight through. Didn't get a master's um, beforehand okay. either. So I just went okay. straight into my PhD after I was done with undergrad. Well, actually, a lot of my friends. Like, so since I started creating content about like black women in STEM and stuff like that, I've learned mm-hmm. a lot about grad school. Um, and my friend was talking to me and was like, oh, well, if I did a master's and like what I researched for my master's, like I couldn't do for my PhD. And I was like, well, why can't you just do the same thing? And she's like, no, 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 like you can't do that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well, that's why you wouldn't get a master's. <laughs> what the <laughs> heck? You have to have two separate projects. That doesn't make yeah. any sense. Um, but that's super cool. Okay. So you're, you're almost finished. Yes, I am almost done. Um, I am in the dissertation writing 
stage and also like trying to get some manuscripts out before I'm done. Right. So yeah, the, no, are, the end is insight. God are you thinking of like, what's after that? Are you just narrowed in on dissertation, get that done? So right now, focusing on my dissertation. Okay. Um, so I, I have an idea as to what I want to do. I have like sort of a job offer um, on the table, which is okay. very, very nice. So <laughs> that is just like one less thing I have to worry about right. um, overall. But yeah, so really just like trying to get this done overall right. so I can be out of school. Congratulations. That's really awesome. I feel like if you can get a job offer before finishing, even with undergrad, if you got a job offer, like the kids senior year, fall semester that like had job offers already and just could like mm-hmm. cruise. I'm like, oh just, my God. Just chilling. It's like, <laughs> I just got to finish. Like, Literally. <laughs> That's awesome though. I applaud you. Like people that pursue graduate school just in any capacity. It's, it's a struggle. It's, <laughs> I'm praying for all y'all because <laughs> yes, please continue to, because we need it. It couldn't be me, um, <laughs> but to switch gears a little bit. So you have been in your PhD program, obviously. So how did you start creating content? Where did that come in? Yeah, it came in kind of on like really un- unexpectedly. Okay. So this is before I even like considered it I was you know trying to fix you know my own skin issues and you know trying out sunscreens and doing whatever right and it started because so one of my favorite products was discontinued and oh. I sent a dm to the brand and asked I was like oh was this product discontinued and they said yes but we'd love to like add you to our pr list and I was like huh <laughs> what's that mean <laughs> exactly I had no idea what that meant I was like uh, sure. Okay, great. <laughs> and so then, so that honestly was the trigger. Okay. I was like, okay, this brand was semi product. And I guess I could make posts about skincare, I guess. And I didn't really know what that like looked like for me. It took right. me a while to kind of like fall into my like niche where I am right now. But I was just, you know, messing around in Canva, making graphics and doing yeah. whatever and re- reviewing products. Um, but now it's all kind of evolved more than I ever expected, <laughs> to be honest. Like it, it was just like, okay, I can like start, you know, making this content. And then when I started like being like referred to as an influencer, I'm like, I don't think I'm that. Yeah. No. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, it was, it was unexpected, but like, I'm, I'm glad that I did um, overall. Like I have no regrets whatsoever. Okay. For, for sure like it, it is like, difficult to kind of manage like content and brand stuff with like school and, and all right. of that but like it's a lot but I think it's just overall more rewarding um overall plus grad, grad students get paid a bucket of nickels so like <laughs> I was gonna say if you yeah. like could figure out a way to or I'm sure that like if you could have like even if it's not even consistent but like even sporadic you know brand deals like something like that would just be yeah. helpful in general because those stipends are not livable yeah the 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 stipend is is sad like <laughs> my my first five years I was in 
and what was it like 800 square foot studio apartment no no not 800 500 square foot studio okay apartment. i was like 800 that's no 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 that's a lot yeah 500 <laughs> square foot studio apartment yeah like i was i was struggling the first five years i had no dishwasher i had to buy a dishwasher hook it up to my sink like <laughs> I backtrack what did that even look like so literally i i had a cart that I had to move like in and out of my kitchen. And so whenever I wanted to wash dishes, so I had this portable dishwasher I'd put on top of the cart. And so for the water, I I had to hook it up to my sink and turn the water on and then run the dishwasher on top of that cart because my apartment did not have a dishwasher. It was rough. I was struggling. I literally, like you're saying that and no images coming to my head. Like there's (laughs) nothing... (laughs) there's nothing popping up um I'm gonna have to look that up after we finish because listen it it was a struggle but yeah portable dishwasher I mean it saved my life honestly because coming back from full day of classes and I'm like oh god I gotta hand wash all these dishes because I also cook I'm like I don't want to do this but yeah it was it was rough it was rough (laughs) We started from the bottom. Now we're here. Truly, truly from <laughs> rock bottom. Yeah. Um, okay, so a brand initially, you know, sent you a product, put you on their PR list. That's a cool way to start. So, how did mm-hmm. that get you to? Why did you apply to Paula's Choice on the Rise? Like, was there like you just saw it? And yeah, so it, yeah, so I, I I saw it and I was like, you know what? I I applied like at, like on a whim, honestly. I was like, I'm not gonna get it, but like, whatever. I'll, I, I'll supply, because I think at the time I had like 2000, I believe, okay. um, when I first applied. So something like that, maybe not even 2000. Um, but I was like, you know what? I'll just apply to whatever. Because at that point I'd kind of gotten into like a rhythm with my content, kind of found like my niches in terms of like sunscreen and hyperpigmentation, like ingredients and things like that. So mm-hmm. I'd already kind of made that like my niche. Right. Uh, and I was like, you know what? I'll just apply to this. I'm not going to get it. Whatever. It's fine. Um, and then I actually got the acceptance email when I was on vacation hanging out with some of my partner's friends. And I got the email and I was like, <gasps> it was crazy. Absolutely crazy. And I think that that was a moment that I was like, oh, okay. Like I can do this. Right. Like that, that was like the moment for me, for sure. Cause before I was like, I was kind of doing this for fun, whatever. I, I have the the one brand sending me PR, like right. whatever. Everything was very, it was very casual and chill. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now it's like a whole thing, which is crazy to me. Yeah, no, I applied on a whim too. It was kind of funny because I think, well, I think um, Maddie had said this, like some of the people like hadn't tried Paul's choice. Like I had never tried their products before. The only mm. reason that I followed them was because I liked how they like, they talked about the science behind stuff, like the active mm-hmm. ingredients and stuff like that. Um, and like, that was like what I was interested in. Like I eventually, I feel like would have tried one of their products, but like, that's why I followed them. Yeah. So then I came across the opportunity. I screenshotted it and I was like, oh, like, cool. I'm going to like apply to this. And that was like very early on and like be creating content and stuff like that. But then I forgot about it. And then like randomly, I was like, oh my God, like did the deadline pass? And the deadline was in two days. I was like, all right, you know what? Let me just sit down on my phone type this out real quick. At least Mm -hmm. I could submit it just so I can, you know, say that I did, um, didn't tell any of my friends. And then I was at the pool with one of my friends. We're talking about something. I like check my email more than I check my text messages. 
So to give (laughs) background, so I like check my email like randomly and I see like the the email popped up and I'm like reading it. And for whatever reason, I like just assumed that it was going to be like a rejection email. So I was like reading it, like whatever. Same. But then, but then I got to the send an invoice for $3,000. I was like, who do I owe somebody? Like, (laughs) hold on a second. I scroll back up to the top and like, congratulations. And mind you, I did the same thing. I did the, <gasps> my friend's like, oh my gosh, she's a nurse. She's like, Camille, don't do that to me. Like you have asthma. Like, what do you do? Like, what's wrong? <laughs> I, like, I applied to this program. They actually accepted me. Like, do you think they sent it to the wrong person? Like, oh my gosh, what's going on? I was so hyped about it. And like, even sometimes now I like think about it occasionally. I'm like, that's so cool. Like they really yeah. read my responses and were like, yeah, we're going to pick this girl. Truly literally so cool and then of course I got to meet you and the eight other um, black content creators in the description box I'm going to put everyone's information and all that stuff because support black content creators Um, but that's super cool I'm happy that you applied because that brought us together brought us to this podcast of course (laughs) but now I'm going to ask you more difficult questions but as it relates to your content So you, for listeners, Julian has an entire database of sunscreens. Like he posts, actually, how often a week do you post sunscreens? I feel like. Oh gosh. It's probably like, uh, like one or two times a week. Yeah. I was going to say, you pump them out. (laughs) Yeah. Like I I post every other day and I've banked so much. Right. Like right now I'm putting out things that I filmed months ago. Wow, that's but yeah, only yeah, it's like one or two every week. Um, yeah, 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 one one or two every week for sure. Yeah. And in your database, you have over a hundred sunscreens yeah. now. Yeah, the database is at like a hundred and thirty something. I think that's it sounds like so wild. much. When I say it out loud. <laughs> that's so wild. So Julian reviews sunscreen, um, and I think it's so cool. A because everyone should be wearing sunscreen. That's like the number one skincare advice that people should be following. You should always mm-hmm. have a sunscreen on. Um, but then also for melanated people, it's very difficult to find sunscreens, um, especially now that brands sometimes you know promise you know no white cast, and that's just mm-hmm. simply not the case. Um, so people like Julian yeah. will actually test you know these sunscreens and be like, okay, well you know this either works for me or, you know, doesn't work for me or whatever the case may be. And it's really cool. You even have like, um, like textures, like if it's a matte finish, if it's a glossy finish, like all that type of stuff, really like Julian put in the work for everybody else. So there's literally (laughs) no excuse not to wear sunscreens, but do you have like a top three sunscreens? Like what are your actual go-tos? Okay. Go-tos. So, all right. One of my top, like, all right, oh, I'll go from like in, increasing in price overall. Okay. okay. So, like, best like budget one is Black Girl Sunscreen, but the kids one. Really? So, yes. So, it is less popular, and I don't understand why. So, okay. obviously, if I'm familiar with, with, with Black Girl Sunscreen, because every time I talk about sunscreen, people are like, have, have you tried Black Girl Sunscreen? Have you tried right. Black Girl Sunscreen? Oh my God, you should look at Black Girl Sunscreen. And I'm like, I know about the brand. And <laughs> For their like original product, the original Black Girl sunscreen, it's mm-hmm. if you don't have dry skin, it's not for you because it's very oily, it's really greasy, and I'm like, I don't really like this. Yeah. Um, and it's SPF 30, but the okay. kids version is less expensive, and it's a higher SPF, 
and it's a lot less heavy. It's still moisturizing, right. um, but it's like everything about Black Girl Sunscreen, but better and cheaper. Like it's a hundred mil for $10. Really? Yeah. And like that, that is my go-to when I travel. Like that's okay. sunscreen that I always bring with me on trips because like it is at that TSA size right. and it doesn't irritate anything, has no white cast. Like it's perfect. I'm going to have to go to Target because I have the actual, like the normal black girl sunscreen, but mm-hmm. I haven't tried the kids one. Yeah, it huh? is. It is fantastic. Um, and then let's see. I'm, I'm, I don't remember the price of another one, but another one that I really like is, so I mean, the, the bane of my existence is the mineral sunscreens. So that's with the zinc oxide, the titanium dioxide, I'm looking like Casper craziness. <laughs> and you know, there are plenty of brands that are like, oh, it blends in sheer and all this stuff. And they'll have the one black model using like a little teardrop amount for her whole face. And it's right. like, wow, look at that. It's so sheer. And I'm just like, uh-uh, I don't think so. So the one that I have found that is like actually sheer, um, it's from Bergen Dermatology. Um, it's a dermatology office based out of Jersey. Okay. Um, and they have a, it's called Sheer Joy Mineral Sunscreen. It's pricey. I think it's like 40 something dollars for okay. hundred mil, but like it is a completely transparent mineral sunscreen. It's like SPF 50 plus. It is beautiful. I don't know what kind of like juju that they did to that product because it is gorgeous. Like it's the only mineral sunscreen that I would like recommend for other people to buy like I think that everybody will like this unless it like stings your eyes or something right but I was shocked when I used it for the first time I was like what on earth is this yeah that was life-changing for me um and then you know I'll do like one of my 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 European picks because I I love sunscreens that are not based out of the U.S. because there's a lot more filters that you can use. The technology is a lot more advanced overall. Um, So it's the La Roche-Posay Invisible Fluid. You can't buy it like from the store in the U.S. You can get it on online from any of the like international retailers, but it's like SPF 50 plus. It's got like a higher protection against like UVA. And if you're not familiar, UVB, that's with the SPF. Those are the rays that burn. And then UVA are the rays that age the skin. And when you get sunscreens that are outside of the U.S., the protection of like UVA is a whole lot better. So if you're trying to like protect against like the signs of aging and things like that, getting those foreign sunscreens is a better option. And this is like one of my all-time favorites. Like it's a fluid and it has a really natural finish. Like it's not super dewy and like it's a little bit shiny, but it feels a little bit matte. It's just overall really, really, really nice. The only problem is like, it, it's this little bottle. I think it's like 50 mil, which is just okay. heartbreaking. Right. <laughs> which I, which is a problem that I always have with these little tiny little bottles of tube of sunscreen. Right. Um, but that one is fantastic. A lot of the Roche-Posay sunscreens in the US, I don't like because either the cast is crazy or my eyes are on fire or mm-hmm. well, one of those, but like that one is absolutely incredible but yeah if had it ever done like top three okay. those would probably be the ones i would like okay go get those for sure that was all right that was listeners rough. listeners you just gave you three sunscreens i'm definitely gonna try the kids black girl sunscreen and i remember you posted on your story about the mineral sunscreen and you yeah. were so excited about it okay yeah 
yeah, one of my, so I think that someone on the, um, like there's like a skincare group for black people on Facebook. So okay. she follows me and recommended that to me. I think that she's from oh. Jersey and I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. And I try it. And I was like, Oh, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That is okay. No, I have sunscreens to try and listeners again, one skincare tip. Just wear sunscreen every wear day, sunscreen please. Every day, please. No active ingredient can fix sun damage, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wear SPF. Just wear your SPF. It's easy. Literally. Um, okay, but we're gonna start to wrap up. So my last question for you is: What can we expect from you? Because you're about to hit 10k. Are you gonna do a giveaway? Are oh, we gonna yeah. keep it quiet? <laughs> what, what can we? What can we expect? Yes. So there, there, there is a a giveaway kind of like happening behind the scenes. So I'm like getting stuff together, talking to brands, figure out it's like, Oh, Hey, I'm doing giveaway, things like that. So want to do that. Um, and yeah, it's like, I'm just kind of like flabbergasted overall at like at the growth more than anything else. And I think that because I'm like kind of in like this like the beauty science community and it's so crazy how these people that I've like looked up to and respected are now like following my content like liking right. myself sharing my things I was like what <laughs> like it's just such it's so wild and crazy um but like also just like so so rewarding now these people that I look up to are it's like oh these are like these are my friends and like my right. colleagues now and like you know, people reaching out for me for like articles and things like that. Like, it's just, it's so crazy. It's like, yeah, do a little giveaway, but like overall, I'm just so grateful to like have this audience and this platform that like enjoys my musings on sunscreen, which is mostly me complaining and then like (laughs) breaking down like, like complicated sciencey topics. But yeah, it's, it's all very, very crazy to me. And it's really, really well-deserved. I think I mean, I'm always going to be rooting for everybody black, but it's been really cool to watch your account grow, especially given that like you have the science background. I actually understand what you're talking about, but you're able to break down things like you said that are really complicated for people that don't Mm -hmm. have a background in science. And I think that that part's like super, super cool. So very proud of you, if that means anything. (laughs) Um, But we're going to wrap up with a lightning round. So I'm going to ask you five questions, basically a this or that. Um, the last question I am going to ask you to defend your answer, but the other questions you could just say whatever comes to your mind first. Ready? All right. All right. AHAs or BHAs? BHA. Okay. Instagram or Twitter? Uh, oh, God. <laughs> oh, this is hard. I'm going to say Twitter. I'm going to say Twitter. I, I thought you were going to say Twitter. Okay. Um, <laughs> Corey in the house or That's a Raven? D- that's a raven. Come on. Yeah, I agree. Um, mineral sunscreens or chemical sunscreens? Chemical sunscreen, please. And last one, iPhones or Androids defend? All right. So I am an Android person, <laughs> but I respect the iPhone community and what they stand for. <laughs> <laughs> and what they stand for. I love that. <laughs> For, 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 for me, I am big on customization and things like that. Like I want to do themes. I want to do animations and all that. And I can do that on Android in ways that I could never do on like an iPhone. I do have an iPad and that's pretty, that's my only Apple device. But yeah, I am, I'm team Android all the way. But like, listen, like 
enjoy spending a thousand dollars on your iPhone. Lo- love that for y'all. You can catch your whole ecosystem text and shows shows up on your Mac and your iPad and everything else. Love right. that. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so so much, Julian, for taking time to talk with me today. I deeply of appreciate course. it. Um, this has been super cool. I've been waiting to actually talk to you in person, so this is really, really nice. Um, but as for the listeners, thank you for tuning in. Again, we're going to be releasing weekly episodes. We have one more episode this month, and then all of March, we will be releasing weekly episodes with Black women, content creators, and changemakers. So until next time, thanks for tuning in, and don't forget to rate the podcast. Bye.